You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. This is Professor Robert D'Agostino with Do Facts Matter? Well, I'm more and more convinced as I watch the campaigns wind down that facts really don't matter, certainly not to the Democrats or to CNN or to the other flax uh, who, who support Biden at all costs. I got, got, got a couple of comments about the, the debate last night before I go into the, some of the main parts of, of my talk today, and that is One of the things Republicans fail to do, and the Democrats, of course, completely underestimate the intelligence of, of a voter. And if you underestimate it, uh, the voters will live down to your expectation. And so whatever lie you want to tell is fine. Uh, you're appealing to the voters. But the Republicans don't, don't really counter it very well. For example, this idea of clean energy you know, by at one point, Biden talks about uh, disaster by 2025, I, and later on, of course, he said 2035, which is, I think, what he really meant the first time. But that's nonsense. And he's going to create jobs, and you're going to have all this wonderful stuff going on uh, if uh, the government puts the investments where it belongs and stuff of this sort. That's already been tried in the Obama administration. Look it up. I'm going to give you a list next week. I should have brought it with me. But the Obama administration subsidized by grants and guaranteed investments a whole bunch of so-called clean uh, energy companies, solar panel manufacturers. Solyndra wasn't the only one. Uh, Cuomo in uh, in uh, in New York spent seven hundred and fifty million dollars on a failed project for solar panels and and clean energy uh, uh, stuff. Uh, the, the, the ones that were were subsidized by the Obama administration, and go look them up. Uh, green energy companies subsidized in the Obama administration, and see what happened to them. I did a survey. I had a, a student uh, a couple of years ago do a survey of them, and they had most of them. I think one exception had uh, you know like thirty of them, um, and with one exception, they all shared the same criteria. They were they failed. Uh, two, they were heavily uh, they were heavy into government grants and investment by Democratic uh, con- contributors, and the federal government guaranteed the investments, which is which is on some of them, which is that's not done. Investments are supposed to be you know high risk stuff. You, you invest in a startup, you lose, you win. But here, the government actually. Uh, guaranteed some investments uh, aside from giving grants. So what were they? They failed. They had government guarantees and their investors were Democrats and who didn't lose money or didn't lose much money. Uh, So so we've already had it. We've already had the command economy. Why don't the Republicans tell us what the Democrats are advocating is a command economy? And that goes right back to the progressive movement, which I'll talk about in a minute. A command economy. Who commands it? The centralized authorities. In the Franklin Roosevelt administration, which uh, National Recovery Act essentially provided for big government, big unions, and big companies to get together and decide what was fair competition and what wasn't fair competition, and, to, and had disastrous economic results. You read Amity Shell's, Shell's uh, book on, on the Depression and how Roosevelt, Franklin Roosevelt, 
kept us in a depression for what six extra years great book read it um so why don't the Republicans say what the Democrats are advocating is a command economy? And that is, of course, what the progressive movement has always demanded. And I'll get back to that in a second. But before I do, I want to go back to some other things said. Obama, excuse me, Biden is selling himself as this great and wonderful person character-wise. Now, I, and so I have, and of course, uh, Trump is being this terrible human being, uh, and I have this um, interesting, why Jewish voters should support Biden. This is when the Atlanta Jewish Times uh, of, I think, October 15th. And there's uh, why Jewish voters should support Trump. And the, uh, the, the uh, headline of that is Deeds Versus Words, Why Jews Should Support Trump. And that was written by Chuck Burke, who is the head of the Republican Jewish Coalition in Georgia. And it talks about all the things that Trump actually did, the policies he follows. Now, you, you go over to why Jewish voters should support Biden, and what you have is an article that is primarily an ad hominem attack on Trump. And it goes beyond dispute that Trump is a bad guy. That's essentially, doesn't say much of anything about what evidence he has of that, but just, just that it's, everyone knows he's a bad guy. So we have uh, why Jewish voters should support Trump because Trump's a bad guy. Uh, why they should po- uh, support Biden because Trump's a bad guy. Why should they support uh, 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 Biden? Because he's a good guy. Uh, and this is, I, I like this because I was in Delaware when Joe Biden was a senator from Delaware. Here is what the author of this particular, and I won't mention his name because I don't want him to get any nasty mail uh, but you can you know look it up get the Atlanta Jewish Times Biden is a decent compassionate man who shares our values he meant Jewish values whatever he meant by that he didn't say except being nice while Donald Trump plainly does not he's a decent compassionate man really Biden is a mensch which means wise person. And we barely need a mensch in the White House. Oh, really? So, nothing much about policies here, except in broadest terms, be nice to poor folks, be nice to mommies, and be nice to kitties. Let me tell you now what a Biden supporter said about Biden Someone's more knowledgeable than the person, obviously, who wrote this article with the Atlanta Jewish Times. This is in Harper's uh, Magazine, which is you know, pretty well committed to the liberal establishment, progressive establishment. Uh, although I have some very good articles that, when they get away from the politics, they get some great articles. One about Ireland and a couple others I read. They had a good article about uh, Wisconsin, Kenosha, Wisconsin. It was written by a obviously a liberal reporter, but it was, uh, it was it's observational, so it, it didn't get into ad hominem attacks on Trump or, th- or, or Trump supporters. Anyway, this one is in the Harper's Magazine of November 2020, called Easy Chair by Kevin Baker. And the subtitle is, You Say You Want a Revolution. And now this is a Biden supporter. This is someone who knows and follows Biden's career, and he's supporting him. 
I acknowledge the under, I'm just quoting directly. I acknowledge the shortcomings of the Democratic candidate. His years spent carrying water for Wall Street and credit card companies. His past willingness to contemplate cuts to Social Security and Medicare in the interest of balancing the budget. His opposition to busing as a means of integrating schools. I'm aware that Joe Biden hails from a Democratic establishment that has consistently refused to push for bold social and economic changes, even when its candidates run, ran and won on such policies. So why does he support Biden when he has a much more realistic view of the real Joe Biden? He doesn't even mention the fact that Joe Biden's historically a liar. In fact, Biden lies so much, he even did it recently when he claimed in the town hall with Stephanopoulos that the Boilers Makers Union endorsed him in Pennsylvania. They endorsed Trump, not him. He said he spoke to them, and after he spoke to them, they endorsed him. No, Joe, that's another lie. They endorsed Trump. But then you go, Joe's used to lying. I'm at the top of my class in law school. No, Joe, you're at the bottom of your class in law school. And how about him borrowing the life story of Neil Canuck, who's a labor leader in England? He borrowed his, not only his speech, he borrowed his life story. Plagiarized the whole thing, 1988. How about saying he was arrested in, uh, in, in uh, South Africa? No, you weren't. How about him saying that uh, he marched with the civil rights uh, people in, in the 60s, except that no one saw him at any of these uh, uh, marches? One after another in terms of uh, making things up. And I don't know what, what he made up uh, on this speech. Uh, I'm sure he made up the story about uh, he and his dad uh, seeing two men kissing in the in the 60s. I, I, I no way that that was that was true, but if and if you know Biden, you know of course it wasn't true. So why does Kevin Baker still support Biden when he probably also knows what a liar Biden is, uh, and uh, and of course the recent stuff coming out about the corruption of the Biden family? I mean, come on, they have a, a computer. Uh, and this computer was seized in December of 2019. Not this year. And there's all sorts of stuff on that computer. And the the, uh, the FBI has opened an investigation, a money laundering investigation. But, of course, having this evidence, emails, the computer, eh, that's, well, that's, that's, that's not verified. It's, it's just, it's, it does, oh, but someone charging some addle-brained psychologist charging Kavanaugh with doing something 40 years ago when he when he was a teenager with no evidence not even the people that she said could verify her story all of them says we don't know anything about it we don't can't put Kavanaugh and her together at the same place she didn't know what party she was at totally completely unverified story and the press ran with it for days and days and days and and even longer they're still running with it they're still using uh, her uh, susan collins senator susan collins vote to confirm kavanaugh against her in maine because she was fair-minded and said there is no evidence here that you could even charge anything to kavanaugh but anyway so why do we support why does mr baker support Biden. And here's what he says. 
But there is a profound difference between leaders who can be pushed, who may even want to be pushed, and those who will push back in any way they can. Pushing Joe Biden and the Democratic establishment would be hard work. Trying to push Donald Trump and his personality cult, alleged, of course, for another four years would be a waking nightmare. So, why support Biden? Because he can be pushed. In other words, for that is manipulated. And that's why he likes Biden. Essentially the best we can hope for at this time. And by the way, uh, if you didn't catch it, uh, Trump did point out that Biden is the favorite of Wall Street. That Well, so was Hillary Clinton over Trump. And Biden is the favorite of Wall Street. And he's the one who's being funded by the Wall Street uh, money, by and large. And when Biden said, not true, Biden was another lie. Just This is public record, folks. <laughs> this is not speculation. Public record. You give over $200 to a campaign and, and uh, our candidate, and you get, you're on the public record. Um, and look, <clears throat> we did a, uh, I think I mentioned this before on the show, and I'm sure I did. Uh, we made a list of the ultra rich in this country. Go ahead and make a list. Use a Forbes magazine list, 20, 25 ultra list. Who are they in favor? These are people with multi billions of dollars. Virtually all of them are Democrats. All of them have a vested interest in opening up China and, and are opposed to Trump for limiting their access to China based on American interests. They have no particular interest in America when it gets in the way of, of profits. See the National Basketball Association, for example. So why don't the Republicans say it? I, you know, I can make a list. Jeff Bezos, Gates, make the whole list. Dorsey, make the list. They're all Democrats. They're all Democrats. And uh, I, the, the first time I made the list there was uh, of the top 10, there was one Republican. Now, I think when you go down to the top 20, you may get two or three more Republicans. But uh, overwhelmingly, the Democrats, that's why Biden is outraising Trump, massively outraising Trump. The Democrats are collecting so much more money. They... The Democrats are putting $75 million against Lindsey Graham in South Carolina. That's the report. $75 million to defeat Lindsey Graham. They think they can defeat him. Well, they have reason to believe that. Uh, some study I read some years ago, maybe 20 years ago, about competitive races or when races become competitive, uh, who wins? The candidate with the most money. We're up to a break. See you after after the break. Hey, folks, this is Victor Armanderas with the On Point with Victor show. Just to remind you, don't miss every Tuesday, 2 to 3, live right here on America's Web Radio. And remember, I'm not angry. I'm just right. McAllister's Auto Transport is a privately held company celebrating our 75th anniversary this November, specializing in enclosed-only transportation to the OEM, personal snowbird market, and our favorite market of all is the collector market. Give us a call at 800-748-3160, or you can reach us on the web at McAllister's.com, and that's M C C. O-L-L-I-S-T-E-R-S dot com. Large enough to handle all of your transportation needs. 
small enough to provide you the old town, old school service that you come to expect when you're moving your baby. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. This is Robert D'Agostino, Professor Robert D'Agostino, back with Do Facts Matter. By the way, just before I, I go on to some other uh, issues that were raised uh, uh, by Trump and Biden and by the entire movement ta- that's taken over the Democratic Party, I want to do one more thing. And this is a talking point. Uh, this this comes right out of the um, the article in the Jewish Times by... And by the way, the person who wrote that article is... Uh, is a board member of the Jewish Democratic Council of America, and so and he's head of the the uh, the, the chapter in in Georgia. So so he's got some uh, clout and he's got certainly contacts, and yet uh, his ignorance is amazing. Uh, and I'll be, read this because this is something that is just John Kerry said about the same thing. The accomplishments Trump touts on Israel are long on symbolism, short on substance, and have not made Israel safer or more secure. Of course, the Israeli government may, may disagree to that. You know, the Israeli government was lobbied for, to, for, for the United States to get out of the uh, Iranian uh, nuclear deal, which was a phony deal from the beginning. We gave them, what, $1.5 billion in cash to bribe them to sign the thing, and they cheated from day one. The Israeli government had ev- absolute evidence of the, uh, the Iranian cheated, and they were cheating on the nuclear non-proliferation cheery, uh, 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 treaty all along from 2003 on. So, uh, But yet... Oh, the Obama administration was so desperate to have a, quote, foreign policy success, unquote, that they were willing to take a foreign policy defeat as long as it looked like a success. And they say that uh, Israel's security depends on peace with the Palestinians. That is nonsense. Depends on peace with the other Arab states with which Trump is delivering Nobody cares about the Palestinians. The other Arab countries care about what's good for their countries. If using the Palestinians to stir up trouble suits their purposes politically, domestically, or foreign policy, they'll do it. If it doesn't suit their purposes, they'll desert the Palestinians, which is what they've done. If Look... Except for Jordan, the Arab states have not welcomed the Palestinians into their countries. They keep them in refugee camps. Countries act the way people do, and then their own self-interest. It, what if it's not in their self-interest to 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 uh, keep the you know to su- so-called quote support unquote the Palestinians? They won't, and they're not. So uh, people like John Kerry are fools. They don't understand that. Understand politics, international politics, and of course, we have the same nonsense being spouted by this author and the Atlanta Jewish Times that somehow the Palestinians are a key to peace in the Middle East. No, they're not. Key to peace in the Middle East is a strong opposition to Iran and for the uh, Arab countries to finally not only secretly get in bed with Israel but really come, come out and, uh, and ally with Israel to protect their own sovereignty and their own interests. It is Sunnis against Shiites to a large extent. Anyway, um, let's talk a little bit about 
what the Democratic Party has become. And there's no question that the uh, Democratic Party is now a progressive party, not liberal. I always felt liberals were, you know, what liberals were, they're bleeding hearts. They supported all sorts of programs that made them feel good for their support. Didn't make a difference what the what the so-called beneficiaries, how much they harmed the beneficiaries, great society programs, war and poverty, really, really destroyed the lower-income communities, which were primarily black communities, uh, destroyed the families. They didn't care about that because it made them feel good. Just like, you know, oh, we got to take care of the homeless. We can These fancy operations, these fancy buildings and, and, and extra care. Uh, we well, we got to do it. We got to do it. Well, yeah, that makes you feel good. Not necessarily helps the, the homeless. About one-third of which belong in mental institutions. Uh, and probably another one-third are out there because it's fun and criminals. And about one-third really need the help. But the distinctions aren't being made. And we can see that in San Francisco. We can see that in Austin, 10 city in Austin. Heck, I was reading... <laughs> Where Austin, which is of course the the center of liberalism and progressivism in Texas, uh, is uh, there has a completely uh, Democrat city council, and now there are two of those seats on the city council that are competitive. The Republicans may actually win those seats because people are fed up with uh, the policies of the left wing uh, uh, Austin government defunding the police. Allowing ten cities, you know, restricting the um, limits on public camping. Uh, so uh, Austin now has become another mecca for the homeless, uh, and that includes look. It includes some people who are really need some help. But look what happened in uh, New York and in uh, San Francisco when they opened the hotels just the homeless to give give them a shelter and bring them in food. Well, they essentially wrecked the interior of these hotels. And uh, in Portland, they had to uh, get them out of the hotel. They had made such a mess. Drug dealing, rapes, crime. So when you have about one-third of the homeless population are criminals, and many of those are, are on the streets because they want to be there, they intimidate they make victims of the other two-thirds, the mentally ill, because some of the mentally ill are criminals also. Obviously, a lot of them are. And those who are really need the assistance. Maybe we ought to make some distinctions, although distinctions, of course, are, are, for, are forbidden by the left right now. Men and women are not different. Obviously not, right? That's to a leftist. But let's take a look where this, where this came from, or where a lot of it came from. The progressive move, and by the way, uh, uh, before I go into that, let me tell you my, my view of uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And I think, uh, brilliant lady, no question about it, very influential, no question about it. But what? Her entire career on the Supreme Court was directed, in fact, in before that, was directed at advancing the progressive agenda by subverting the Constitution. You heard me right. Advancing the progressive agenda by subverting the Constitution. And I am, in fact, working on a research paper 
that that's the theme of my research paper. Hopefully, I'll finish it over the Christmas vacation. Uh, I can't get to it right now because of I have a lot of duties at the law school that I have to complete uh, and uh, a difficult course I'm teaching, which involves a lot of work with the students, uh, which is fine. I mean, I enjoy that, but uh, it does leave me limited time for other things. I got six grandkids. because my wife has injured herself, she has trouble. She can't drive right now, so uh, you know she'll be able to drive fairly soon. But uh, I have to haul her around uh, occasionally, uh, and that takes, of course, a lot of time. But let's get back to the progressives. The modern progressive movement, of course, is in nineteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds, and the. Woodrow Wilson, he's got to be essentially the first really progressive president. I know you say Theodore Roosevelt, um, but yes, he was a progressive president in the sense that he wanted to bring the monopolies to heel and and, uh, environmentalist, uh, the first national park was pushed by Theodore Roosevelt and created by Theodore Roosevelt. Uh, but the movement as, as a whole really focused on what they had to do under Wilson, Woodrow Wilson. Now, what did Woodrow Wilson? Woodrow Wilson made no bones about the fact that he was contemptuous of the U.S. Constitution. He thought the U.S. Constitution was a barrier to creating a secular utopian society. If only we let the experts run the country and we had all these interstate commerce commission form all these these administrative agencies because the experts would know how to run the country. We can't leave the decisions in the hands of the people through their representatives. We've got to take the hands into the hands of experts. They will run the country. They'll tell us how to live. And that's what the progressive movement was about. And a practical matter, the theory was, here's where we want to go. By the way, one place they wanted to go, of course, a lot of the progressives pu- uh, pushed eugenics. Uh, in fact, when Hitler first came to power in, 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 uh, in Germany, a lot of the eugenicists in this country you know, praised it. What wonderful thing. Hitler was going to do great things for, for Germany. Uh, later became obvious to even even most of the progressives what an evil person Hitler was. But in any case, um, and how evil some of his policies were, most of his policies were. But he was still centralizer, command economy, uh, and that's no different. I mean, socialism is about a command economy, but appointing who? Appointing bureaucrats, politically oriented bureaucrats to run the show. Uh, and how does that differ from, from corporate capitalism, where, where the government still makes a decision? In corporate capitalism, they let the people who know how to run the companies uh, run them just as long as they do what the government tells them to do. And that was actually uh, Hitler's, uh, what Hitler said when he was asked if he was a socialist. And he said, yes, of course I'm a socialist. Well, why aren't you nationalizing the companies like Lenin? And Hitler's answer was, and you can look this up, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, was because I want to leave people in who know how to run the company as long as they do what I tell them. And uh, that's what we have with uh, with the Obama administration, these Green New Deals. That's what we have with Biden. We'll, we'll let these people run the country. And they know. 
know it. The big companies know it. That, that's why they support the Democrats. The big corporations, the biggest ones, not not, not the ones who actually produce something like uh, oil and gas and, silver and, and steel and that sort of stuff, but the ones who are really have the... Uh, uh, the wealth now, the 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 Facebooks, the Twitters, uh, the Googles, uh, all these um, servicing and, and consumer-oriented companies, which now dominate the uh, the the values on the stock market, and most of them have the desire. They consider themselves citizens of the world, and the U.S. would be a good place to to have cheap labor. Therefore, open borders is wonderful, and we don't want administration Trump interfering with our access to China and the Chinese market. One point was it one point three billion people, as opposed to a mere three hundred thirty million United States. The future is with China. The, our future profits are with China, and therefore we support the Democrats because they're with us on that. And it's now time for another break. I'll be back in a few seconds or a minute or so. Thank you. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. If your health insurance premium is more than your mortgage, Ellen Deal with Ideal Solutions is here to help. Whether you're a small business owner, individual family, or baby boomer, email MAGA45CAG at gmail.com, and I'll respond with three easy questions to help you determine if you can get away from Obamacare. As a 20-year veteran of the insurance industry, I'm here to help with all your insurance needs. Email Ellen Deal at MAGA45CAG at gmail.com. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. This is Professor Robert D'Agostino back with Two Facts Matter. And I'm uh, talking about the progressive movement and its really ideological beginnings with, um, with, with Woodrow Wilson. And Woodrow Wilson was very plain. You can look this up, look up his speeches uh, about his contempt for the Constitution because it interfered with creating what would amount to a, the secular utopia. And, of course, what constitutes a utopia is always defined by the intellectual vanguard, as Lenin would have called them. And uh, so the intellectuals would get together to decide what they were really going towards and whether the intellectuals ended up supporting a communist operation or, for that matter, a Nazi uh, operation. It depends on how they defined what the, what utopia was. Utopia was Germans running everything. Uh, utopia was forced, e- forced equality. Uh, and, and a lot of what's coming out of the progressive movement right now is the same thing. <laughs> you say, well, they're against meritocracy. Yes, they're against meritocracy. Because people who have merit, people who are able... They don't necessarily are not necessarily tremendously loyal to their bosses because they have options. If you if you 
get people who don't like it. Stalin was very good about it, how he seized power from Trotsky in, in Russia about getting second, third, and fourth raiders into key positions. They knew they didn't belong there, and they knew Stalin put them there, so they had absolute loyalty to Stalin. And so, so Stalin then had a free hand of eliminating uh, any of those people with real ability that might be in his way or might not be sufficiently loyal to him. But anyway, getting back to the progressive movement here, um, and, and the advance of the progressive movement is about the advance of centralizing authority in the federal government. Centralized authority and ruling through experts. And who are the experts? The people who the various administrative agencies, Federal Drug Administration, CDC. Look at the CDC. I mean, the CDC interfered with the private sector making a personal protective equipment. It interfered with, with them <clears throat> developing testing for, for, for COVID-19 and other viruses because it wanted to keep it to itself. They knew what's best for the rest of the country, and they knew how to do it best, and they didn't. So when Trump says Fauci is... I guess, a fool. <laughs> I mean, if you look at what Fauci has done, uh, how many times he's changed his mind about things, yeah, the science, <laughs> follow the science, but what is the science? You know, Richard Feynman said, uh, the great physicist said, the science is the knowledge that the experts are wrong. And what he meant is that whatever the scientists say needs to be challenged. And because science has never settled. Science moves. If science was settled, the, the universe will be in Newtonian physics. It's not. Einsteinian physics, relativity. Your, your GPS would, would not work if we applied Newtonian physics to it. It only works because of special relativity, and we apply the principles of special relativity, which I won't discuss on this show, but I'll have a guest sometime, and we can talk about that. So, so the... the Science is not settled. And if someone says science is settled, they're, they're full of it. Uh, and when Biden says, you know, climate change is, well, climate change, you know, it's not clear what's driving climate change. I think that the consensus is there's some warming, not necessarily land warming, but if you take a look at some of the temperatures in the ocean, you see a, 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 a slight spike in some temperatures in the ocean here and there, which, is, which could be significant. But most of the heat heating up the world comes from where? The sun. So you have to take a look at, are there a lot of sunspots? Apparently they're increasing again. That would increase the amount of radiation coming to the Earth. Do every scientist believe that humans are really driving climate change? I doubt a majority of scientists really think that. Because they have to get their grants and, and, and do their research. And it very well could be that human activity isn't, is contributing to, 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 a, to a slight warming. Uh, I think uh, a lot of uh, analysis of some of the data indicates that uh, that may not be true. But it may be true. Uh, you take precautions. But to believe that the solution is wind power is crazy. 
and Trump was completely right about wind power. Aside from killing the birds, which it does, it kills thousands of birds that get chopped up by the uh, the towers, generating the, the. Plus, it's intermittent, no wind, no electricity, so you have to have batteries to store the electricity, and batteries got to be produced. And how they produce? They're producing factories using natural gas and other fossil fuels. Well, they have to have supplementary source of, of energy. And if there's no nuclear available or there's no water power available, then it's fossil fuel plants. And Trump was right about uh, California. And by the way, it was this complete lie that, that we have more hurricanes now than we've had. We had a lull in hurricanes for like 10 years. But you go back, the national... Uh, National facts and figures indicate that we're not having increasing hurricanes. We may have one year of increasing hurricanes, but on the average, they're not increasing. And in fact, uh, they were decreasing for for a long time, the frequency of hurricanes. So maybe global warming caused a decrease in hurricanes. Uh, One has to look at the data. And, and this politicization of the data is is, uh, is 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 very bad. And the Democrats, of course, are infamous for politicizing the data. Uh, interesting study came out recently about uh, the deaths in Florida, and the study indicated that about COVID deaths, about ten percent, minimum of ten percent, and maybe as high as forty percent of of deaths attributed to COVID nineteen were not COVID nineteen deaths. Minimum of 10%, could be at 40% or more, were not COVID-19 deaths. So, again, yeah, look at the science. But, you know, the science changes, the results change as you do more experiments, do more research, and get better at it and and find more information. Uh, So anyone who says the science is settled, you can disregard what they're saying because they don't know what they're talking about. Uh, The science... Is make the best guess at the time. It's not settled. Okay, let's go back to the progressives. I know I keep going off on another tangent, but the progressive movement was about certain things. They did embrace the environmentalism of Teddy Roosevelt. Uh, They certainly embraced the anti-monopoly, but the anti-monopoly stuff, people, it's not just bigness. That wasn't the, the, the necessarily the big issue. The big issue was the bigness that then led them to use their bigness to intimidate and to uh, unfairly uh, uh, treat uh, others who try to enter the market uh, using strong-arm tactics. Look, Google, who's been sued by the government uh, for monopoly practices, they were fined over $2 billion in Europe. Not because they were big, but because of their practices, which limited access to the market, I limited competition in, in, in the market and in, under European law uh, illegally. And they, oh, I think it was $2.7 billion they were fined. So they've lost two cases in Europe uh, on, on the basis of violation of antitrust laws, i.e. using bigness to intimidate and suppress competition in ways that are unlawful. So uh, when Google, you know, says, no, we're not doing it. These are frivolous. This is a political stunt. No, it's not. They've already lost 
on those issues elsewhere, and they'll probably lose here also. But we'll see. Obviously, if the Republicans get the House and the Senate and keep the presidency, uh, these big monopoly, Facebook, Twitter, Google, they're going to face some uh, limitations on the use of their power. Not bigness itself. It's the use of that uh, to uh, disable competition. That's the problem. So what else they were there? Uh, environmental stuff, yes, uh, monopolies. Eugenics. Eugenics was a big issue for um, for, for a lot of progressives. Uh, we've got to purify the country, or so purify the race. Hitler loved U.S. leaders of the eugenics movement. Uh, they gave him cover for what he wanted to do. Uh, and uh, they were... Uh, they haven't gone away. Uh, eugenics by another name. Uh, and uh, abortion. Uh, abortion is, instead of killing people or sterilizing adults so they can't uh, have, have children or, or killing people when they're adults like Hitler did, uh, they get rid of them in advance. L- Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the great progressive, the great liberal, in an interview with the New York Times Magazine, what did she say? She said she, su- she supported abortion because one thing it does is get rid of people in populations we don't want more of. What's she talking about? Who gets abortions? Low-income folks, minorities, particularly blacks, higher rate of abortion than other groups, Hispanics. Kind of interesting that she would have said that. Look it up. Go into the computer, put in Ruth Bader Ginsburg, abortion, New York Times interview, and you'll, you'll, you'll get exactly what she said. And, and what she said is she liked abortion for, as population control method and also because it limited people in populations we don't want more of. Look it up. So the progressives have not moved. The only difference is progressivism now, complete liberal, a complete religion. Since, of course, uh, the country's not only post-Christian, it's anti-Christian. Uh, it's anti-traditional values. Uh, and so everyone needs a religion, so we got progressivism as a religion. And, and uh, we have a priesthood, you know, the, the, uh, <laughs> the bureaucrats in the government, uh, they decide uh, what isn't isn't acceptable. Uh, magic, they believe in magic. I mean, a lot of primitive religions believe in magic. Yeah, and progressives believe in magic. You know, boys can say they're girls, girls can say they're boys. What else is that but magic, right? And they certainly believe in infanticide, uh, and they call it abortion, or they call it late-term abortion particularly. And, and in New York, and, and governor of, uh, current governor of, uh, of Virginia, you know, after they're born, if uh, the abortion fails, you let them die uh, if they're born alive. Uh, our last president, Barack Obama, felt the same way. Uh, he said, uh, you know, if they were born alive, he refused to support uh, a uh, a law that would have protected uh, uh, babies born alive. So anyway, you've got a progressivism now become a religion, which means that facts don't matter, absolutely don't matter. Uh, uh, The police are going around uh, genocide against uh, young black males. There's no statistic that shows that's true. 
Yes, there is a lot of evidence that driving while black could get you stopped. But you know, you say, well, why is that so? Why is that so? Why is it so that so many young black males get stopped as compared to white males? No, they don't get shot. They don't get killed uh, in any greater numbers, particularly than whites. And although there's, there's more whites, or unarmed whites are killed every year than unarmed blacks. But why is it so that they get stopped? And after the break, we will discuss that little issue and why the progressive movement doesn't accept the true reason. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, I am Roger B., host of the Locked and Loaded show on America's Web Radio. Join me live every Tuesday at 1500 for the best in gun news, gun products, and gun politics. Whether cruising the strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. McAllister's Auto Transport is a privately held company celebrating our 75th anniversary this November, specializing in enclosed-only transportation to the OEM, personal snowbird market, and our favorite market of all is the collector market. Give us a call at 800-748-3160, or you can reach us on the web at McAllister's.com, and that's M-C-C-O-L-L-I-S-T-E-R-S.com. Large enough to handle all of your transportation needs, small enough to provide you the old town, old school service that you come to expect when you're moving your baby. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. It's Professor Robert D'Agostino, back with Do Facts Matter. And I was talking about the, uh, the articles of faith, since progressivism is a religion, and we know they believe in magic. I just said so. Uh, they know they believe in infanticide, like a lot of primitive religions. And uh, then they have articles of faith, and they have to be articles of faith because they're just not true. Uh, that there's wholesale police brutality towards black, particularly black males, just not true. Uh, there is, of course, the phenomenon of black males being stopped much more frequently than white males. And what's the reason for that? One has only to look at the crime statistics and the race of the perpetrators of crime as as the, as reported by the victims of crime. Six percent of the population are black young, uh, black males, and they commit an enormous percentage of the violent crimes, 30 percent or maybe more, an enormous number of homicides. And the question is, the police are trying to pre- preempt crime and what happened in, let's say, stop and frisk in New York, uh, done properly, uh, got out a little out of hand on the Bloomberg later on, done properly, caused a lot of thugs to leave their guns at home. I, I, you know, I, 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 I got this appeal from the Brady pack about, about uh, gun control. And my response was, well, when the Brady Pact is interested in taking guns away from law-abiding citizens and and, there, and, certain, and more regulation, and, you know, okay, maybe some more regulations justified in that area. 
but maybe the Brady Pack should be interested in taking guns away from criminals. Notice the gun control people are not interested in taking guns away from criminals. The progressive movement doesn't care that criminals have guns because it's a religion. It's a religion that aims at a revolution, and they, and and a revolution needs pre revolutionary chaos and criminals having guns increases the chaos and how many people get killed how many more people i mean the the, the homicide rate it rate rate in, in 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 poor neighborhoods is now going through the roof because of defunding the police because the police are not fair game and uh, people no longer fear the police because they can just uh, policeman stops me i'll sue him for a civil rights uh, violation so you've you've got this reluctance to even stop black males that are known drug dealers in in these neighborhoods so what do you have now in the neighborhoods you have you know one of the great biggest increase and in, and in, in group that's buying guns black females women they got to protect themselves. The police are, have been driven out of their neighborhoods. The, the 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 drug dealers and the and the petty criminals and and the thugs uh, and the gang members now have taken over. They got to protect themselves, and they're buying guns. They're arming themselves. So when 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 the left tries to say, "Oh, there's all these vigilante groups are forming," and well, if you defund the police, someone has to keep order, and that's how they feel, and that's dangerous because they're not trained. And the police are. And so now that we have uh, demonized the police so they don't enforce the law anymore, and they certainly don't enforce preemptive law the way they did in New York, how many thousands of homicides are going to take place that would not have taken place if the police hadn't been demonized, if, if stop and frisk hadn't been stopped? How many people is the left willing to sacrifice for an ideological point, for a pre-revolutionary chaos? How many people have to die? Well, you know what uh, one of the leaders of the Socialist Party in England said when Khrushchev gave the speech about the crimes committed by Stalin. He said, we always thought we had to sacrifice a generation to what? Sacrifice a generation so we can impose utopia? What left-wing government, what progressive, and they're all progressive governments, ever? What, what happened in French Revolution, the first great secular utopian revolution? The first revolution, utopian revolution, completely divorced from Christian values. What happened? The terror happened, which led to Thermidor, which led to Napoleon to impose order, which led to Napoleonic Wars. What happened in Russia? The violence from 1905 to 1917 led to the takeover by Lenin and the vanguard, the Bolsheviks. And one of the first things the Bolsheviks done was shoot all their allies, the Mensheviks, the cadets. Look it up. One of the things about the left, it always eats its own, and since it's destructive, you can never create utopia. So it's always somebody's fault while we haven't gotten there. So there's always, always a group to be liquidated, to be put to gulag. And, you know, the uh, commentary magazine, uh, I mentioned that uh, I think last week, the headline was 
on the cover, the commentaries put on the American Jewish Committee, uh, put, but it's read by uh, you know a lot of people, very influential. It, it said, you will be re-educated. That's what it says. That's what cancel culture is about. You would, heretics must be re-educated, burned at the stake, sent to gulag, re-educated, canceled. You lose your job, lose your friends, lose your, your outlet for, for, for your writing. That's what cancel culture is about, is to enforce, enforce the new religion. The religion is progressivism. Those of you who are religious progressives, you support this stuff. No more First Amendment. That's got to go. The Second Amendment, of course, we all know that has to go. So the Second Amendment protects the First Amendment. So you got to get rid of the Second Amendment, and you got rid of the First Amendment. So what's going to come out this side? I don't think the majority of American people will actually become religious progressives. Will not be. Will not adopt the religion of progressivism. The magic. People look at it and say, "What boys can say they're girls? Girls can say they're boys." Look at that stupid question. Now I say stupid. Look at the stupid answer that Biden gave to this woman who said, "I have a transsexual child, eight years old, and you think that your child is a transsexual." I mean, to say that is what I would call child abuse to support that. It's virtue signaling. Look at me. I am so liberal. I am so progressive. I understand my eight-year-old wants to be a, a different sex, and I am supportive of all that. I may even give her hormonal treatments. God forbid. Look, if you take a look at the studies, the real studies, even Teenagers who claim they're transsexual, they change their mind. By the time they're in the mid-20s, some of them are totally out of it in this heterosexual sexual life. A lot of them become homosexual, you know, lesbians or gays. That's fine. They don't want to change their sex. They just have same-sex attraction. Now, whatever you think about that, certainly being transsexual is, is, is a mental illness. Now, same-sex attraction is a different story. I have done some research there because I uh, evolutionary biology is one of my uh, hobbies, and I've been written in the area. And I've done a lot of research about uh, nature and nurture. And I'm convinced that there's no homosexual gene, but I'm also convinced there's a, there's a genetic basis for same-sex attraction. And uh, nurture will either encourage that or discourage it. So... But there is a genetic basis uh, for it, and interaction with the with the environment uh, will it, it'll come out or won't come out. Uh, some people are more prone to to be homosexual than others, uh, but there is a certain level of uh, genetic involvement with every trait, whether it's uh, same sex attraction or whether it's aggression or whether it's intelligence. You know the the gene sets on, uh, p- parameters, yeah, and and in the nurture, the environment uh, will 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 have that those parameters expressed one way or another. I always uh, give the example of uh, height. Uh, the you have genetic predistribution to a certain height, but nourishment and the amount of food and nourishment has a big effect on it. The typical North Korean is four inches shorter than a typical South Korean. Why is that? because it's about nourishment, about the availability of food. Uh, if you go down to uh, a, a, a nation that's suffering a famine, which, of course, thanks to the pandemic and the shutting down of uh, economies where uh, 
agricultural goods are, are made, uh, our uh, shutdown experts uh, <laughs> have uh, caused a limitation of, of agricultural goods flowing into certain p- parts of Africa, and now you're getting famine. And there's absolutely a lot of evidence that uh, famine, children not having sufficient protein, sufficient fats, particularly fats, actually, uh, and uh, will grow up with an IQ suppressed by like 10 points. That's that's a lot, a lot of 10 or 15 points uh, suppression because of nurture, because they didn't have enough fat, fat sheaths on the nerve cells. And that's that's that. So you go to a, a country suffering from salmon, a famine, and what do you have? You have an average IQ of eighty or seventy-five, and you have one that's not, and you get your average IQs between ninety and one hundred and ten. So it's uh, very much uh, a, a combination of nature and nurture. Well, the progressive religion is inconsistent. Uh, homosexuals have a gene. But intelligence is not genetic. It has to do with uh, opportunity. Well, yeah, there are different people have different intelligence. Look, I can't be an abstract mathematician any more than most of you could be that. It takes an incredibly high IQ to, to understand this the, that ma- ma- mathematics at that kind of level. I have a limit. My limit is between which. I sometimes have reached it, and sometimes I haven't. I don't think. Sometimes I wonder what what I did with uh, my intelligence. Not enough, but we all think that way. Uh, but in any case, uh, progressivism just recognizes what they want, what fit, fix their religious ideology. And if their religious ideology says they believe in magic, boys can say they're girls, girls can say they're boys. They. They have sacrament of infanticide, which they now call abortion or late-term abortion. It's infanticide, just like primitive religions. If they have articles of faith, the police are murdering uh, blacks willy-nilly all over the country. It's an article of faith. That's that's all that article of faith. And there's other articles of faith that have no uh, another article of faith that if I, we let experts make our decisions, we'll have a fairer society. And well, experts. Who made the decisions in, in Soviet Union? People put in charge of decision-making. This is a command economy. Who made the decisions in Nazi Germany? Centralized government. Who made the this, this decisions in, in Pol Pot's uh, Cambodia? In, in, look, Cuba, Cuba, they have how to allow private businesses to form to save the economy when since they were cut off by Russia and the Soviet Union. Well, that's the end of the show. I, I, I hopefully I wasn't too provocative, but then again, I meant to be too provocative. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.